Simi Arif joins us in studio. He knows more than you can imagine. Is President Barack Obama a Muslim? Because you know it's going to be a zoo. It was already a zoo. Did anything happen while I was gone? Haven't you noticed the whole place is on fire? Let me tell you why you're here. But they can only speak in questions. <laughs> Are there side effects? Or? Just diarrhea. My first guess is... Simi, Simi, Simi. Knock, knock, who's there, this guy? Lesser known somebody's. Welcome to Africa's 8th Best Podcast with me, Simi Arif. Uh, you can tell I may be a bit out of breath. So I found out one of the guys that I really wanted to interview in the world was in Cape Town. And I had to get there. And I tweeted him. I was like, yo, person, um, please, can I record you on my podcast? And they were like, of course you can. And then they're like, hey, Simi, I'm available on Thursday right after this talk I'm doing. Uh, can you record me then? And I said, are you not coming to Johannesburg? Because that's where I stay. And he's like, no. Surely Johannesburg must be close to Cape Town. And I was like, you know what? He's not from here. So I said, yes. And I booked myself. At what point am I allowed to interject <laughs> you can and inter- just point out the bullshit <laughs> in this story? Wait, please wait, Stuart. Please, please wait. Please. I'm not ready for this. And I booked myself a flight. You know, so the African prices, it's, we're going through tough times. There's no like national airplane carrier that's willing to give us decent prices. Booked a 1,500 flight down to Cape Town. <laughs> Please, sir, stop interjecting, <laughs> even with your laughter. And then what I did, I booked a 1,800 flight back on the same Thursday because I missed my mother's food. I wasn't planning to stay in Cape Town for an extra second. And that person is Stuart Goldsmith. Now, if you guys don't know Stuart Goldsmith, he hosts probably one of the biggest comedy podcasts in the world. If you're a comedy nerd, you definitely have listened to the ComCom Pod, Comedian's Comedian. Now, let me tell you a funny story. Welcome, Stuart. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah. I've got, still got no right of reply. Oh, okay, this, you, this you can get your right of reply. Yeah, you can get your, okay. get, get your right of reply. Okay, get your right of reply. Get your right of reply. Absolutely dreamt up thing. Okay, get your right of reply. Okay, A, you yeah. hadn't made it clear you were in Johannesburg. Okay, that's true. B, I'm, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm in Cape Town at the Cape Town Comedy Festival. So you were approaching yeah. me, having discovered I was at the Cape Town Comedy Festival. You held Stuart. all the cards. Stuart. And here you are, furiously retconning. You're like Stalin. Airbrushing yourself into a position whereby... This is not how I want to start speaking to one of my idols okay this is not like this is not what i plan to do with one of my idols so stop this well just accept stop quoting how much money oh, you reckon here, i've made here. you spend here's my assumption if you're flying to south africa you're coming through johannesburg well that is clearly an incorrect assumption really you flew straight from no i did were... go through johannesburg but at the time wow. when, when i went through there i didn't and look i th- we're getting off the main point yeah. here which is that you don't rate cape town food very highly i don't it seems I don't, a strange no, thing for I don't. me to say on a they don't have they don't have presumably with listeners they don't have podcast i say it on stage in cape Town. i'm not scared of telling them I don't hang like on you've just identified there from your the way you talked about that you suggested that uh, I'd, I'd even say it on stage you're suggesting that the yeah. depth of this podcast audience is fewer than the people you talk to in a gig probably <laughs> <laughs> this is this is africa my friend this is not this is not a com com pod where people oh, be like hey, so what are you saying you've got 10 listeners but you regularly do 50 you know when seats I, of venues. Oh, easy <laughs> easy that's that's my type of thing 150 seater but i've just gotten there sweet um so let me tell you why i'm excited 2015 i'm still a youngin at that time 25 yeah 25 <laughs> and i go to this montreal comedy festival and the only reason why i go to it is because i for my, I love comedy to the point where I research everything and I, I've seen this name pop up. So I was like, I'm going to take this money that I made from a McDonald's advert. I'm going to buy a ticket and I bought the worst ticket. Like it's a 29 hour flight. It shouldn't be. It's like 18 a hours. 29 left. hour flight. Yeah. The, the longer the hours, the cheaper the flights do. That's you should have worked harder at McDonald's, mate. <laughs> it's 
That's it. <laughs> That's it. You but see that, what I've done there? You said it was a McDonald's commercial. Yeah, yeah. And I've heard yeah. that and immediately discounted it and assumed yes. you were working at McDonald's. <sighs> love, love the Brits, eh? You've got to love them, eh, guys? <laughs> so... I go to this festival. Was it the sort of commercial where you are flipping burgers in your regular no, day was, job at McDonald's? No, I was eating the It was the most like happened to tape you and make you say, "I'm loving it," and you're like, and then ever since then you said, "I did a McDonald's commercial." Worse, I had to portray an Indian person and add an Indian accent. Wow! And eat a spicy burger. So, what's your heritage? You um, Arab and Malay. So not Indian. <laughs> nah. Wow. Now, I mean, like technically. So Africans always put people in boxes, like so they'll go like, are you Indian, black, white, or colored, right? Okay. But like my surname, Arif, is Arabic. Yep. So even though my parents, my great, great, great grandparents may have come from India, they came from the greater part of Mesopotamia before that. Sure. Know? So okay. it's hard to just say like, I'm Indian. You it's know? hard, like, isn't no. it? Do you think there'll be a future whereby castings go out for, we're looking for a Guyan, someone who at some point <laughs> in their heritage is from Earth. Um, well, and you go, well, yep, I can do that job. Well, let me tell you, I got a casting call yesterday who said, Whites only. I was like, wow, we've Whoa. gone back. We've gone okay. back. We've Gosh. gone back. But back to my story. So do that. Yes. I, I pack my bag. I go to the Montreal What festival. job was the whites only job? Was it a voiceover? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was an Afrikaans person on a, on a television series. Okay. okay so if you can proud to be Afrikaans, done. Yay, Kandi. Job, here. Uh, see, I'm not even good at the Afrikaans. I, I think I understood from purely from context. I think I can speak Af- Can I speak Afrikaans? Because I felt like I was following. Do you me. have any Dutch heritage in you? My wife is a little bit Dutch. Oh, you've Does got it, boy. You've got it. You're in the mix. And she bro. is a lekkerding. Oh, wow. <laughs> a lekkerding. Wow. Are you using that on stage? Because you know, South African audiences love when you can speak a little. Uh, no. Okay. So here's the thing I sometimes say on stage. Yeah. Um, if I find out there's any Dutch people in the audience, I say, Okay, that's which I learned a long time ago, yeah. means pretend I said something really funny and laugh. Because oh. I thought it'd be funny if I learned that phrase in every single language. Oh. And then whenever I was hosting, I was like, where are you from? They go, Bulgaria. And I say in Bulgarian, pretend I said something really funny and laugh. It'd look like I knew a joke in every language. Oh, the wow. problem with this, I started with Dutch. It's so fucking hard. I never <laughs> learned any other version. Oh, it's not bad. So 2005, uh, 2015, I get to this comedy festival. And you must understand as a... Not a newbie, because I've been doing comedy since I was 18. I'm 32 now. Yeah. You're so rueful. That's twice you've mentioned your age. And like the first time you said, I was a young guy. Like, I, well, I, the, fans, the, fans, <laughs> the fans love to hear. They love to hear. <laughs> well, it's a shame that you, you should do this a video podcast so they can see the rueful way that you're kind of looking into the middle <laughs> they know. distance. They know. They know. And um, during the day, I thought there's nothing to do. I thought there's only gigs at night. So you must understand for me, I just wanted to go watch as many things as I could because I was in... As a Muslim person, that also felt like my Mecca. I felt like I had two of them. Oh, double Mecca. Yeah, double Mecca, which is crazy to think. Mecca ding. Oh, wow. And um, one day I'm walking through one of the hotels, um, the main one, the Hyatt. And I'm following all these people and I see Patton Oswalt. And now I'm a massive Patton fan. Oh, yeah. So I was like, I'm just going to hang around near this person so I can be like, yo, I hung around with Patton Oswalt totally. for the day. You need to join the group of nerds that are hanging around yeah, near Patton yeah, Oswalt. Yeah. Not the ones near him, not the industry people near <laughs> him. Near him. Not just, the comics he's actually friends with, yeah, just but the, the sort of satellite group of that's stinking me. nerds. So yeah. I'm just sitting over there and I'm having a good time. And then I see him going to a room. So I go into the room also and there's two chairs on a stage and I sit down. <laughs> and some lady comes to me and she's like, oh, are you here for the Patton interview? And I was like, of course I am. Of course I'm here for the Patton interview. And then I see you go on stage and you speak to Patton. And I was like, this is, what is this thing called? And then you kept on mentioning the word podcast. I was like, oh, damn, this thing looks fire. Ah! And Patton was taking questions. Okay, and I was like, okay. And I was like, whoa, this is most beautiful thing ever. I get back to South Africa after their festival and um, my mind is blown. 
and I start my podcast, Lesson on Somebody's. And here we are today, three years later, coming full circle because I was in awe of you. I have listened... Bearing now, you've got like 327 <laughs> on the episodes, I think. I think I must have listened to at least 150 odd before my phone got stolen. Oh! Know? But like in a row. Like, yeah. Thank you, Yasin Barnes, for saving the day. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Cameo appearance from Yasin, uh, yeah. who was also uh, watching. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Just forget Yasin. Yeah, no, I'm, busy know, yeah. I'm busy being buttered up by this yeah. story that you very yeah. sensibly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, that was lovely. Yasin waited on the stairs. Will I feature? No. <laughs> um, you can if you want, Yasin. <laughs> yeah, that's Yasin Barnes, uh, everybody. You were busy buttering me up with a story that I'm so pleased you didn't tell me when you first contacted me. Yeah. It's so lovely to hear in person. I created you. I'm the joke yes, of your you Batman. Are. That's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> what you are. You are the joke of my Batman. God. You, and like, I cannot tell you. So the first interview I did was with a comedian from South Africa because I was interested in understanding how other people's comedy journeys started because the in, your industry and my industry are two different industries. <laughs> They're not the same. And I was Is that f- what different means? That's, I'm very glad you cleared that up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this guy's an asshole. You're not an <laughs> asshole on your podcast, bro. On your podcast, you feel like you love the person. And speaking to you, I've just realized- you're, Yes, you're, but on my podcast, I, inv- I invite people I know. You know all those people? You're a, no, no, no. I mean, I know, I know their work. Oh. Who are you? You're some guy. You sent me a tweet. Yeah, but look look how the internet works. <laughs> look at that. A fan reached out to you. Please, this is on a, a delightful on a thing. Don't let me fuck this up. This that you don't really thing. like. In fact, I've interacted with you before. I tweeted you once a year or two ago going, Hey, Stuart, big fan. Need you to do me a favor. Please, can you get Daniel Kitson? Yes. And you said, sorry, bud. No chance. He doesn't want to do it. Yep. And I thought that was very, I thought you didn't put enough effort into your fan tweeting you saying, hey, my man. Oh, what should I have responded? Yo, I'm taking this tweet and I've sent it to Daniel. I know you've tried to contact Daniel's him. Daniel's not on Twitter. Yes, but I'm sure you got him on WhatsApp I've or something. I printed it out. <laughs> I texted him. Yeah, and I'm, okay. sure, I'm sure you've been like, yo, Daniel. Hey, if, there's, if, there's something, can, if there is something known to change the mind of Daniel the Kitson. most famously iconoclastic yeah. and uh, misanthropic comedian, uh, comedian of the circuit, yeah. uh, then it'll be a photo of a, uh, it'll be a text with a photo of a tweet <laughs> from someone I don't know. Yes. And it'll be like, yo, it's time to make a change. I've actually got a funny story about Daniel Kitson, <laughs> but I'll share it right now. So I went to go visit my sister in London, saw South Africa get whipped in the World Cup of cricket, big fan of cricket, right? Okay. And I'm at the Van Gogh Museum at the Tate, and I'm enjoying it. And then I get an email from Daniel's subscription list, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Hey, I'm doing a show at the Angel at the Bull Murray tonight." Yes. And I was looking at sunflowers, and I was like, "That's a twenty-five pound entrance fee. It's five pounds." Twenty-five pounds. Yeah. No, it it's wasn't Van Gogh, bro. I oh, I'm sorry. I yeah. thought you meant for the gig. No, 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 yeah, no. yeah, okay. Van Gogh, bro. Oh, yeah. Van Gogh. I'm yeah. looking at sunflowers. The Kitson of the art world. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going, ah, oh, fuck Van Gogh, yeah. <laughs> and I jump onto a train. I get to this gig. And I'm there like six hours before. And the lady's like, uh, Kitson tickets. I was like, yes. And she's like, oh, it's sold out. Uh, you got to wait in the line. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, yeah, well, okay, I'm going to write a letter on your arm. And that's the letter that you are in the waiting list. Oh, my list. God. And your letter is A-A-C. <laughs> and I was like, I'm 25. I, the email came out 25 minutes you ago. You should have bought them online immediately got the email. Yeah, I don't know how to do that. I'm from Africa, living in another country with my sister. I'm not going to use my credit uh, card there. Yes. You don't know what's going to happen. Stupid sister. So, yeah, so that's, um, I'm a massive fan of you. And I'm so glad that it's come full circle and that I get to be here. So, welcome oh, to mate. the show. Well, thank you very much. What a wonderful introduction. I have enjoyed playfully 
being mean to you. No, thank and you. Now I feel like a piece of shit. No, no, you, <laughs> please be mean to me. That's a, that's what makes this podcast work. Uh, so before we get into a lot of things, um, there's a guy who's also started a podcast in Durban. His name is Bob Perfect, um, comedian. Open for me I a couple love of that his name is Bob Perfect. Real name is Darren Scott, but Darren Scott was a, ra- a name of a radio DJ who was racist. But I love that he didn't decide to... He did, oh, racist yeah. DJ. Yeah. Okay, best kind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I love that uh, Bob Perfect didn't decide to slightly change his name. No, not Or even change his name to a name that sounds like a name a person would yeah. have. Nope. He, he just went full showbiz. Yeah. Bob Perfect. Bob Perfect. And it's even quite hard to say because that double plosive in the middle, you really need to make an effort to climb over the P. You know, there's You've got to f- go Bob Perfect. I've got a Bob Perfect story for you, right? Because he's a big time atheist. And one time he um, he wanted <laughs> big to time big time atheist. massive massive like a lot of people don't believe in God yeah but, but he doesn't yeah. believe in God that yeah, same okay. energy that attitude you have that's him got it so he jumps on stage once and he's like I hate God and he says um, maybe you didn't hear me so he stands on a stool and then he goes I hate God but hits his head on the ceiling incredible and then I was like God does work in mysterious ways he yes. made the ceiling shorter at this moment in time just yes. for you and Bob hated it but Bob has this to say hey Simi and Stuart uh, Bob, hey, Bob Perfect here, fellow podcaster and comedian. Pushing I'm actually it. a little bit jealous that uh, Simi's got you on, Stuart. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm quite a big fan of the Comedians Comedian podcast. So you and say. I really enjoyed your Like I Mean It special. Mm. So hopefully one day I'll get to chat to you Doubt as it. well. But for now, I'm stoked <laughs> that Simi's given me the opportunity to ask you some questions. Thank so you, Bob. I'm going to ask yeah. you uh, two questions. He said one, but I'm going to ask you two because I'm going to take advantage Asshole. of his charity here. <laughs> And I'm going to ask you, uh, one, do you get over interviewing comedians? Uh, you've done hundreds of interviews with comedians Good now. Question. And, you know, is that something that gets a bit monotonous, you know, or do you mm-hmm. find new things each time? And two, do you think you get booked more because of the podcast? Uh, thanks. I really want to hear what you have to say, and I'm looking forward to this episode a lot. Of course you are, Bob. Of course you're looking forward to that episode. <laughs> okay, so hello, Bob. Thank you for your question. It's uh, unsurprising to me that both of those questions I would consider to be perfect. And many apologies, Bob Perfect, that uh, Simi <laughs> spoke over your question the entire no, no. time in every no. breath and pause. No, no. Those are both my questions that I fed to Bob. So, Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, I see, Bob I see, is I see. new at this thing. Bob well, is I just, new. I particularly liked when he said, I'd love to get you on my podcast sometime, yeah. and you Doubt it. Um, It's so unfair. Uh, And also, might I suggest that a podcaster phoning into a podcast to ask a podcaster to ask a podcaster their question? It's the most meta thing you've ever seen. Ouroboros thing I've ever been involved in. Ooh, Ouroboros, guys. Wow, Um, big words here. Yeah, do you know that? That's the snake that eats its own tail. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right, that guy. So, uh, you know know that guy. You know Ouroboros? Yeah, Ouroboros. What a cool dude. There was someone else called Ouroboros, so he's called Bob Snake now. Oh, wow. But, um, so, so the first question was, I can't remember either of the questions. Um, do you get bored of... Um, well, do you know, I, um, uh, I mean, this pause is speaking volumes, right? Yeah. So every so often, I will think, oh, for fuck's sake, I've got to organise a load more podcasts. I never think I don't want to do this interview mm. Mm. with someone, but I do sometimes, like, because I now financially rely in part mm. on the income from the podcast... Yeah. Um, which is not considerable, but it's sometimes very useful given the contraction in the circuit, in the comedy circuit in the UK. Um, I uh, I sometimes I I feel like I've created this thing, and then sometimes I feel like like anything good, it's sometimes it's a bit of a gilded cage. Yeah, of course. So sometimes I think, oh, it'd be lovely to not ask anyone about comedy for a month. Well, because um, I do knock out one a year, and I've been going eight years now. I haven't done one a year for all of that time, yeah. but for the last four or five years, I have, and there's been the odd month off here and there. Yeah, but often 
Yeah, I mean, sometimes I think, I couldn't give a toss how anyone writes their jokes. Don't care at all. Um, so I don't think that for very long. But sometimes I, think, I look out the window and huff. I think my follow-up to Bob's question is, is, is it monotonous? You've done a lot of them. Millions of people have downloaded and listened to. But I want to know, is the research in it? Because you say you research yes. carefully. Yes. Does that not become monotonous? Does that not become very it, academic it, and uh, disciplined and takes the joy out of it? It doesn't become academic. Mm. The, sh- the work itself isn't monotonous because I'm mm. watching stand-up comedy, which I love. But the fact of it feeling like homework mm. is a ball ache. Yeah, definitely. Because you're over 300 episodes in. Some, I'm not saying, I'm sure there must be, the vast majority must have been something exciting, especially when you start. Sure. And I'm sure they must have got into a stage just after two, three years, maybe just like, this is mundane now. It's not that it's mundane. It's not like, I'm not digging holes. Mm. You know, I'm like, I'm going, right, I've got to, so Desiree was on the show, Desiree Birch. She's yes. doing the show here. And uh, one of the shows here, and uh, she's a fantastic comic. I saw her hour at Edinburgh last mm. year. And so on the morning of the interview, with or the, the day before, I watched a 20-minute clip of her stand-up, a five-minute clip of her stand-up, a seven-minute clip of her mm. stand-up. I looked at her Wikipedia page. I followed a bunch of links. I looked at her reviews from mm-hmm. the last year from the show I saw, yeah. clicked on 10 of those links, read all those reviews to get a sense of what people were saying about her and also to re-familiarise myself with the material I saw a year ago. Yes. Um, and then I remembered, oh, yes, so she did that big breakthrough show, Unfuckable, two years ago. Please so don't, I looked please on, don't swear in my podcast. Oh, sorry, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen his face. like, oh, oh, oh I'm so sorry. What a cunt. Yeah. So, um, uh, so then I clicked on a few of those to get a yeah. sense of what was happening there. So that's all the research. It's not monotonous in, its of it, mm. in and of itself. It's mm. a fun challenge Thing to, to find out about someone. And also, it's, it, it, it's all, I don't mean ammunition, yeah. but... It, it's, it, it's so good to have a grounding on someone. I, you know, look, imagine how flattered I am that you would open your introduction to me by saying, hey, listen, man, it's kind of because of you that I, that I yeah. do this thing. That's enormous. So suddenly I'm like, oh, you know, I didn't know you before. And I've been thinking, I, I would love to be doing an open top bus tour of Cape Town around now, but I've got to be on this guy's podcast. And suddenly I'm like, oh, I'm completely oh, on board you. now because I know you give a shit and you care about me and you see me before. Well, so I want my guests you. to feel like I've really made an effort because I really care. Bro, I mean, I can't tell you how full circle this is for me. It's uh-huh. like I sat in the front row. I even like, I even remember, remembered I put up my hand and you said question. And then I realized, Oh, I don't have a good question. <laughs> Put my hand down. And then my mate next to me, Riyad Musa, who's uh, another South African comedian yeah. who's extremely funny. He was patting a great question. I just looked at him after, like, yo, dog, don't embarrass me like this at this thing I found out. This is a podcast. This is a pod. This is a live recording of a podcast, oh, Riyad. God. Oh, my and God. Um, I also want to ask you, like, so how. Sorry, do, hang yeah. on a minute. Did we, did we finish Bob's question? I felt like yeah, we did. The first we did. One. And the first one, Bob, the, f- asked, uh, the second the first thing, one Bob, was, does it get monotonous? And my answer is broadly no, but sometimes yes. I make the work a more monotonous than And it has the been. second one that he had was. Um, uh, let's actually just listen again. Hey, Simi. Oh, God. Fucking Bob. Sick to the back teeth of Bob Perfect. Bob, just. Get to the, get to the, yes, we get it, bro. I'm, I'm going to slam him. Get ready for yeah. this. Yeah, Bob, flawed, more like. Yes, we get it. Just sucking up, Bob. One day, I'll get Thank you. That special's available on YouTube. But for now, I'm stoked that Simi's given me the opportunity. Yes, yes. Get to it, my friend. So, I'm going to ask you. I've only got 20 more minutes. He said one, but I'm going to ask you two. I can't believe I'm wasting so much time with you. Charity here, and I'm going to ask you: uh, one, 
Do you get oh, wait. interviewing? Uh, I remember what it is. Uh, do you get booked? <laughs> <laughs> I've got it on my notes. Yep. Um, uh, do you get booked because of your podcast? Do I get booked because of it? And yeah. only by, uh, yes, but in a circumspect kind of way. Yes, by, I'm sure there are uh, newer gigs and mm. uh, promoters who are also comics themselves who will... Uh, I probably occupy slightly more real estate in their mind because mm-hmm. they have read an ep- they've listened to an episode recently. So when mm-hmm. they're looking to book acts, they'll go, "Oh, we'd love it if you come and headline this." Mm. Very often, happy to do it. That's lovely. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't get booked at like the main big clubs yeah. as a result of it. I would say that the podcast, as well as my own live work, they're indistinguishable in, in how they've raised my profile. Yes. And so sometimes I get booked because my profile is up a yeah. bit. And sometimes I get booked to go super exciting places. Next week, I'm going to be in Austin, Texas at South by Southwest. I'm so jealous of that. Oh, mate, I'm you so should jealous. Be. It's incredible. I'm, thank you. It's like, it, honestly, yeah. I'm going to be the only British guy there, which is always super special, apart from Matt yeah. Kirshen, but he's basically naturalized. He doesn't yeah. count. Um, and uh, it's like being in 2040. You zip yeah. around on an electric scooter, oh, uh, so taking jealous, tea bro. with dot com billionaires who yeah. will forget you whilst they're talking to you. And uh, it's super exciting. So that is, unquestionably, I wouldn't have got that if the booker wasn't a mm. fan of my podcast who became a friend. Okay. And here's my next question. Do you feel that people be, uh, consider you, because the amount of podcasts you have and, and the amount of interest around your podcast, would you be considered a gatekeeper? Like people would... Uh, yes. I, yes. In a tiny way. Like, in a yes, tiny way, a yeah. gatekeeper yes. in the same way as I am a comedian. It yes. doesn't mean I'm, a, I'm an yeah, arena well, gatekeeper. Yeah, but maybe people have the fear of like, oh, you know, well, Stuart has this very big podcast and he can sway an opinion. Yes, and I have to tell people off when they quote me on their mm. posters because I don't think I... I was talking to someone about this today. Remove Stuart's <laughs> quote from when, posters. When right. I see a poster at a festival that says... Comedian X, who's mm. someone who's like a you know mid food chain comedian, mm. and uh, and they quote a really brilliant comedian, and it's attributed to comedian Y, who is unless comedian Y has two Netflix specials and does mm. arenas, then it makes them both look like a piece of shit, yeah. right? Because some guy we've never heard of says that some person we've never heard of thinks they're great, and I just think it makes everyone look bad. So. Um, People do occasionally ask me for quotes and I say no in a nice mm-hmm. way. I say, oh, I'm not going to say what I say. Um, I, I, I decline. <laughs> there's an answer. asshole down here. No, no, guys. I'm saying there's a, there's, there's a loophole. There's a way yeah. of asking about a particular thing, but I don't want to, yeah. uh, that's just if people ask me, we'll see. I don't want of course. To, I'll get floodgates. You know what, yeah, you know yeah, what I know comics exactly. are like. Yeah, I know exactly. Jesus, in the early like, years hey, of the Stuart, podcast. I heard, I heard you do, this has got podcasts in South Africa. And, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I said to the, in the first couple of years of ComCom, I said, hey, I should do an open spot special. And bang, my inbox was full oh, because God. it was all these people going, hey, I should be on the thing and here's why and here's my CV yeah. as I'm sure you know being a producer of a thing even yeah. if it's a podcast rather than a festival or a gig I did a live one of you, these things it was the worst thing ever yeah you get to see how people approach you, you mm. I get to see how other comics I get keen Canadians who send me their CV and a brilliantly worded note and a thing I, <laughs> uh, to, to get on the show I get people sending me a grunty text going why haven't I been on the show mm. yet and I go oh wow. wow this is how everyone operates yeah. you get to see this kind of that's uh, South Africa's on fire currently yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, at, look at South Africa we're in the theatre and we can still hear like the police <laughs> come down the road <laughs> so yes in, in answer to your question I am regarded to some small mm. extent as a gatekeeper now one of my most satisfying things about my show is when a comic comes up to me in October and says, mm. hey, that the episode we did in June, yeah. I had so many people come to my Edinburgh Fringe show and because say that because it was, I was on the show. So that is really lovely. It's not that I'm keeping a guest. Yeah, yeah. Do you it's know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's almost like a certificate of authenticity. As like that's, it is. That's, that's exactly I how it is. I hope it is. I hope it is. Because when you, when you hype up someone and I listen, I go, 
okay, cool. That's the reason I found yes. like a person like Bo Burnham, who's someone like I connect with. Sure. Like I've never met the guy, but like every special, everything he does, I just think is the most fantastic thing ever. Yeah. I also write funny poems. I also do sure. this. I also like playing a bit of piano, like playing around with music. And I wonder if that part, Simi was adopting the persona of Bo Burnham. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Initially, I was thinking, oh, Simi, do you write poems? <laughs> I do. Um, and and like I and the reason why I like a person like Bo is because you've told me. Oh US, no! Okay, US right, right, right. Well, that is ridiculous mind. because Bo has a kind of bajillion. Of course, but I, the only way I found is, a Bo is through me. It's through you. I, the only reason I found comedians yes. that like because you must understand in the first DVD that most comedians have watched is Eddie Murphy's Raw yeah. or one of the kings of comedy type Often, of things. Yes, there's not many people that go like, oh, I saw the comedians of comedy thing with Patton and Zach Galifianakis. Sure, like those things maybe now, but when I started, like Cat Williams, the one where he wears the green suit. Yeah. Okay. That's like those are the things. That's the only access to comedy we have. Yes, I understand. I understand. So well, the thing is, then I'm not a gatekeeper. Yes. I'm. I've got to quick th- think quickly of a smaller version of a gate, like a less significant, smaller thing than a gate, like a mouse the, hole. The, door. What's the thing that the dog goes through? A cat flap keeper. Yeah, yeah. 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 There we go. That's yeah, the cat flap keeper. <laughs> I'm a flap keeper of comedy. So, it's. Are you enjoying Africa? That's uh, that's your basic yes, answer my I question, mean, and I'm and I'm done with it. Yeah, I could end the podcast if I wanted to, but I'm done. <laughs> Oh, here's my question. That was actually a follow-up to that. Have you become a better comedian from them? Yeah, unquestionably. Now, in, in several ways. Mm. One, I've become a better comedian anyway because I've been gigging for yeah. years. Um, two, I am analytical and I think uh, I have learned that being analytical is great, but actually what makes me best is when I stop being analytical. And yes. I might not have learned that without the podcast. Three, my mental health is better. Yeah. I'm better and funnier and more creative when I'm happy. And my mental health is better because of the podcast. A, because it has satisfied my need for some kind of place within mm. the community. Part of why I'm doing it, I realise mm. now, only looking back, is because I love the idea of community. I love doing shit like this. I love that you were inspired to do your one. I, I fucking love it. There's this thing in comedy, some people want to pull up the ladder mm. and I want to just give away free ladders. I'm like, come on, let's all do this. This yeah. is great. There's no, within my lifetime, I don't think I can ruin it by getting enough people to start, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, I don't think it's possible that I ruin it. I just want it to be available and accessible to everybody because I think this magical, it's like breath, I'm evangelical about comedy. I'm yeah. like, everyone should be into this. So that makes me happy. I have a feeling like I have some kind of tiny, pathetic legacy. But it is nonetheless, no matter how tiny or how pathetic. Yeah, it's still a legacy. It is a fucking legacy. Yeah. And sometimes I, if I'm feeling down, I think there are people who are happier now because of my show. Bro. Because it's, cause it changes in a tiny, tiny way. It helps nudge someone. I've got a list of over 100 people who started doing comedy because of the show. And that was when I kept the list, which was years yeah. ago. So there'd be more now. So all of those things have made me happier. When I'm happier, I'm better. Mm. And then, of course, mm. there are the things I've learned from the mm. podcast which have made me a better comic, and those fall broadly into the categories of inspiring experiences where I've discovered new comics because of it, like Pete Holmes. Yeah. I mean, I knew about him, and then I got stuck into him, and then I fell in love with his stuff, and then I interviewed him. I was in a lift with him in Montreal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, who said that as well? Was Yassin in the same yeah. lift? No, no, no. Yassin was a couple of years afterwards. I was, oh, in yes. early, I was okay. just excited. Oh, it was Alfred. Alfred interview, yeah. interviewed me. He was also in a lift with yeah. him. He said, I'm not going to tell him I'm a comic. Yeah, no, I was, in, I was in a lift with him, and he was interviewing Hassan Minaj. Uh, it was 2015. Because so. he was doing a show in a lift yeah. where he interviewed people in yeah. the lift. Yeah, and I, I was just like, I was like, oh my gosh, I. I follow these guys and yeah, and yeah. I was like, I'm such a big fan. He's like, can you leave the elevator? I was like, of course, I <laughs> yeah, would. sir. Of yes, yeah. sir. So I, the podcast inspires me to stay explorative and mm. keep discovering new stuff. When it's easy as a comic to go, I do my stuff, and hey, I'll be like yeah. the guy in the Ramones who never listened to another guitarist. Yeah. I'll never see another gig. I'll just do my own thing. Well, this makes sure I 
it, it makes me keep discovering stuff. So now I'm watching Robbie Collins and yeah. Loïs Ogola and just having both, an incredible Both have time. been on those podcast, guys. Oh, both of them have been on those podcasts. Comments, such great comments. Um, but I think they often save their best stuff for my podcast. Uh, no, um, no so they don't. <laughs> Robbie Collins, very good podcast. Uh, Loïs Ogola, very good podcast. Very, very good. So, so the, broadly the categories are the podcast makes me explore and discover new stuff that I find inspiring. People tell me their skills and tricks and mm. stuff like that. That's a very small component of it, but it, yes. it, it really does make me kind of go, oh God, you can do it like that. And then there's the other category, which is the realising that everyone's shitting themselves and thinking they're an yeah. imposter and all of the rest course. of it. And that makes me go, hey, come on, everyone has bad gigs, it's fine. Yeah. So then there are also, I would say maybe in the fourth category, or maybe in the second one of like tips and tricks, there are things like... One of my favourite ones, and it's a bad example because it wasn't a guest on the podcast. Mm. It's a guy called Pete Dobbing, who I always credit at the end as being podcast yeah. consultant. And Pete's one of my best friends, and he gave me this te- tactic. When you're sitting trying to write jokes, and you suddenly feel like a piece of shit, or you have an automatic negative thought where you go, mm-hmm. oh, I've run out of funny. Or I, oh man, every, every success of my career up to this point was just luck. Actually, mm. I'm a piece of shit and I can't do it. I'm incapable. Mm. He said, keep a little tally chart in the back of your notebook, or whatever yeah. you're writing in, with every time you think I'm an imposter, I can't do it. Write imposter with a little heading and just put one little tally mark in there. And you go, there we go. I thought that today. Well done. And then get back to. Don't spend any time yeah. ruminating on it. Just log it. Yeah. I felt like that. And then at the end of the day or at the end of the week, you can look back and go, oh, I felt like an imposter five times and a piece of shit mm. three times and like I'd run out of comedy ten times. Yeah. But it stops you thinking about it in the moment, so you can fucking get on with writing jokes with your precious That's time. That's such a wonderful way of looking at it. I am, again, evangelical about the fact, like, I at school never had a conversation about how everyone constantly felt we were always failing. And mm. I constantly felt I was failing at everything, even though I was perfectly good at school, a good you yeah. know, academic kid. But um, I was anxious, I was worried, and I didn't, no one ever said to me, we're all worried. Mm. And it would have changed my life to know that we were all worried. So I love telling other comics it's okay to feel like you're a piece of shit. Now, maybe an accidental offshoot of that will yeah. be that I flood the world with bad comics, but I don't Brilliant. think that I love that happen. idea. <laughs> love that idea, because that separates the good from the it's, incredibly bad. Yeah, so it's yes. worth the risk. Do you know how good that plays out in my mind? Get to a gig, 10 comedians there, nine of them have been from the flood, right? Nine of them are shit from the flood. From the and flood, what does yeah, that mean? You, you said you've got to flood the world with shit Oh yeah, shit of course, comments. yeah, 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 sure. So nine of them are the shit from so the flood. So you'll shine. Exactly. Yes. That's what I'm about. That's what I'm yes. about. I'll be like, yo, do you hear those and guys? Also, I went to this wacky hippie art college and one of the things they really impressed upon us is that, or something I particularly yeah. took away because it resonated with me, art doesn't have to be one thing. Art can be a shiny artifact to be enjoyed, mm-hmm. like a Van Gogh painting, yeah. or it can be a tool to be used, like folk art, like Daniel Johnson, like mm. me sitting drawing a picture in crayon with my yeah. son. That is art. The same is true of comedy. You can tell your friend a joke. You can do. You can be a hobbyist comedian. When I started, mm. people would look down on hobbyists. Well, you're not real. You're cluttering up the circuit. Fuck off. It belongs to them as much as anyone else. What's a hobbyist comedian? Oh, well, like you're, you're never really going to ever become pro. That's a you're bit just, of an asshole thing to call them. Well, it is, but there's a lot of comics in the UK and some of them you saw, like, or a, a perennial yeah. open spot. I would yeah. hear the phrase, oh, a perennial okay. open spot. Someone who is just an open spot, they're never really going to make it to okay. being paid. It's, it, they're allowed, comedy belongs to them as much it as does. it belongs to Trevor Noah. It does. And which leads to my next thing, because I love talking about the, the differences between scenes and industries. And I went to a lot of comedy My shows. silence made it sound like I don't, but actually I was drinking yeah, water. he was drinking water. <laughs> um, I went to a lot of gigs when I was there in England. And I'm fascinated because it's 
the stories are so I wouldn't say similar to my stuff, but I can feel it's much more storytelling nature compared to a lot of the American stuff that I watch. And like when I went to go watch Kitson, I watched him two nights in a row, and it was just the way he tells the stories the thing that yes. I inspired the most. And then I watched a lot of other club comedy, and I was like, I could do this thing. I can do this thing. I want to do this thing mm-hmm. here. How does a person like myself, who's I'm not horrible at comedy. I'm pretty decent. I'm not shit at all. You can have my quote for your flight. Not horrible oh, at comedy. Thank you. That's what I wanted. I'm putting that on every poster. Not horrible. And I will tag you in every promotion I do. Everyone. Until you get to a point going, please, can you stop? I said, you can't take back words. It's there forever. So I, I want to ply my trade in England. How yep. do I, as a person, let's say I can afford to go to England. Let's say mm-hmm. I can get a special visa as well. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing I do? Um, hang on, that, there was a, an abrupt end to that question. So let's assume you can afford to go there, and you yeah. being used yeah, personally, be, yeah. or you being any comic outside of England. Let's say a reasonable, a reasonable comedian, a comedian that is talented enough to perform on a circuit, not like an open spot, someone that has some gravitas behind them from an industry that they've. I've been doing comedy for twelve years in South Africa, so it's Fine. not okay. So I'm not like oh, I'm wet behind the ears. Sure, sure I've just sure. done my first fifteen. So I've got four one man shows. Dry behind the ears comedian. What is that? What what? And what do you mean? What's the most efficient What's strategy most of, yeah, of strategy. getting paid? in the UK no just getting getting gigs performing enough and becoming part of the circuit okay so turn up mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is to turn up and physically be there yes and there are some clubs where your chances of getting on the bill are greater if you are if you become a friend of the club yeah and you are always there and people can tell that you give a shit because mm. comedy is full of selfishness yes and as someone who runs a gig, I, I run a gig, I run a small gig in, in Bedminster in Bristol. I co-run it with a couple of people and that's an incredibly good way to run a gig. I'm, I'm, mm. I wish I'd done it sooner because I booked the headliners from my little black book of mm-hmm. um, pro comics um, and someone always compares and someone helped us build it and we all we shared the load. I, I've yeah. done less sharing because I am a higher profile. And that's, <laughs> and, uh, and I, Sips tea. Yes, I've, it's like being in a relationship with someone <laughs> where your girlfriend says, uh, if you do that to me again, I'm leaving you and you go, oh, well, I don't want that to happen yeah. and then she has the status forever. Yes. So we just yes. built it from that point of view. Yes. But um, I'm sure I'll be surpassed as always is the is the case in life um the point is now that i have a gig or i'm connect, connected to a gig if i see someone come to three nights mm. and they go can i get on sometime i'll mm. give them a gig more than the guy who just emailed me going why haven't you put me on uh, so turn up is a big okay. part of it play the long game is another part mm-hmm. there are a fuck ton of acts in the of uk course. and they all want to and some of them are turning up every time you know yeah. so play the long game Try and plan in advance as much as you can before you go, but mm-hmm. don't expect to suddenly be able to get loads of, of gigs. Course. I mean, it's just hard. It's mm. hard. Be mentally prepared for how hard it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And if you have any friends in the UK or people who run gigs or mm-hmm. are connected to someone like me or another node, mm. someone who, you know, there are some people who run a bunch of small gigs yes. or comics or what have you. So, any help you can get whereby you are, and this is kind of pretty tactical, I've never done this particularly. But I never really needed to. But if you, if you have a buddy who is already a pro comic there, if yeah. there's a South African comic, if you know Loy well. I do know Loy well. And you but Loy on the podcast <clears throat> I interviewed said no. <laughs> <laughs> well, then choose someone lower yeah. down the pecking okay. order than Loy. Okay. But if you could walk into the room at the side yeah. of Loy and, and the Loy, let's call him mm. person L, in this, in this example, 
if the comedian that you're the buddy of mm. knows the club and crucially knows you and genuinely rates you, there yes. isn't someone that you've kind of had to crowbar at, yeah. hey, can you help me? They have to be your friend yeah. and think that you're fucking great. I'm so glad. Conrad Cock, if you're listening to this thing, my boy, Conrad is a ventriloquist and he's got his puppet called Chester Missing. He's very big in South Africa. Conrad's moving to the UK soon. Um, he signed with uh, Mick Perrin. Great. Yeah. So, Conrad, my boy, my, my, my buddy, my <laughs> buds, my buds, I'll be phoning you later on, Machana. So, yep. that was, that's the but thing that I wanted to do. In that example, Conrad isn't someone I know. Maybe yes. he's really connected in the You UK. should interview Conrad. Bro. He will also, I, I should interview hey, your hey, people. No, I'm telling you, bro. I'm telling you from <laughs> okay. a person that listens to your podcast, okay. stop, stop insulting your fans. That's the first thing. If there's some advice I can give you, stop insulting us. I've listened to enough of you now. I don't think that you can say us when I'm, the fan I'm specifically insulting is you. You. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> wow. Well, you heard it here first. Uh, so, not a horrible podcast and the fan that I'm insulting. Not a horrible comedian. Yeah, not, not a horrible, horrible comedian, comedian and um, the fan I'm insulting is, is only you. Um, yeah. So yeah. there are tactical things like that. A lot of those things are, um, and, and listen, you're already doing thing number one, which yeah. is ask someone for help. Yeah. Ask someone, how should I do this? Ask another 10 people. Make fr- Go there on a recce. Yeah. Meet, meet a bunch of other uh, British comics yeah. make yourself available and friendly in a non-annoying way yeah. and rather than sidling up and saying hey can I uh, so what is it about you know yeah. say to someone outright I'm, I'm from here I'm from South Africa I want to try and work here can I buy you a drink and pick your brains can you do you want to go for a quick coffee yeah. now can I can I help you know just ask for help. And a lot of people will tell you to piss off, but a few people and have a strategic chat and go, what's the best way? And build the thing yourself. Just like you would do if you were trying to run a carpentry business. You could just start banging bits of nails in bits of you wood. You come with some of the most wild analogies. Well, like, my like, point is comedy is special yeah. in some ways, but in other ways it's not special. Find out, like, you, you have to make use of the fact that, okay, it's very different to a lot of mm. things. So I felt like it's special and mystical and I shouldn't yeah. really ask because I don't want to break the spell. Mm. No, it, ask, I mean, it yeah. feels like that. It's just a job. Come and ask. Now, students, come to my favorite part of the show, right? It's when my guest, albeit you, <laughs> gets to ask me a question, but you must understand that this is one of my dreams. And I don't, sometimes you don't want dreams to end, Stuart. Wants, okay, wants, so it's got to be a good question. Yeah, it's going to be a great question. But if you could um, just do it like you were interviewing me for ComComPod. Sure thing. All right, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> this music is not cleared for use on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I'm clearing it. That's I'm clearing fine. it now. Thank you. So um, this is Stuart's intro music, by the way. Very loud and aggressive. Take it away, Stuart. So this is Simi. No, you don't start any of your podcasts like that. You do oh, not. Oh yeah, that was the intro. Any, I thought yes. that was a sting. Oh my gosh! You don't start any. Don't. Hello, well. I'll do it again until we get this thing right. This you is, want me to start? I'll you start can't. The podcast. You can't okay. spoil my dream. Okay, okay. Don't do that. Don't spoil my dream. <laughs> God, it's long, eh? Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Stuart Goldsmith and mm-hmm. today I am not recording in the back of my van, but unusually I'm recording in a small venue in Artscape in Cape Town, South Africa. Wonderful. And if you wanted this to be the real thing, yeah. do you want the unedited one where I talk to Nathan, my producer, and no, take, no, take, take that bit out? Yeah, or just, we'll do no, a clean Yeah, okay. do the clean version. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'll and take today, that out. And today I'm very happy to be talking to Simi wow. Arif. It is. Arif. Yes, Arif. Arif, Arif yeah. Arif. Arif. Wow. And today I'm very... 
And today I'm very happy to be talking to Simi Arif, uh, who is a not horrible comedian. Thank you. From Cape, from Cape Town? No, from, South from, 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 from Johannesburg. From Johannesburg, yeah, of course. I'm oh, sorry, yeah, that's, all, that's awkward. The, the uh, place Nathan, where Nathan, I came from. Nathan, take that out, yeah. I'd say at this point. Um, uh, <laughs> and he's from uh, Johannesburg. And uh, I've only got, I've got very limited time with him. So yeah. this is, I might put this Ghost out. As, look, for this to be really realistic, you need yeah. to be me dithering about what I'm going to do with it. I might put this out as special content, or I might just, oh God, I'm going to do my own head in now. So uh, here we are. Oh, sorry. Let's pause for a minute because you can hear someone is trying to park next mm. to the van in which I'm recording this. That's often it. Um, so uh, here's my one question for Simi. Have you got a sting to uh, lead us into? No, I don't have a sting, but I do have someone uh, uh, leaving a comment on in my Instagram DMs. Listen on somebody's by Simi Aro, mm-hmm. the eighth best podcast in Africa, mm, and confident. in my opinion the best podcast in South Africa oh, and in the whole of Africa. Oh, well God. done, man. Keep it up. Okay. That is a genuinely lovely thing to do, to chuck Thanks. in little stings. That's great. Yeah. That's Thanks. great. Thanks, Kaz. <laughs> okay. So here's my question. Here um, you're a successful comedian. You've been going for 12 so. years. Yeah. Why? What's most holding you back? Why aren't you more successful? I feel... I feel my industry is too small. I feel like in South Africa it's easier to hit a ceiling than it is in any other developed industry. We are very new still. There's not, we don't, like you, you spoke on stage about finishing a gig and going to another gig. Sure. We finish a gig, go home, and hopefully there's another gig two days from now. Sure. Um, it's not as advanced as it is. Okay, okay, let me ask, and this is what I do on the podcast. No, that's fine. <laughs> let, me, let me challenge you on that. Yes. Try to, I'm going to ask you the same question again, but I want you to focus on a thing that you can change rather oh. than a circumstance beyond your control. I do my own shows now. I I prefer doing my one man longer than do, uh, I prefer doing a one man show longer than uh, I prefer doing a one man show more than doing a club gig. I love club gigs. Don't get me wrong. I think it's nice to go test out stuff. But actually, these days I test out stuff at my one man. It's a room full of the people that like me. I like them back. It's, I always use the analogy: it's my friends coming to see me, and uh, I can test out my stuff there. So when earlier on during your talk, you're speaking about I do in my first hour, I do my show that people mm-hmm. come to see, and then have an interval, and then. I just do an extra bit for them, you know, and they can stay if they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I do it during the show now, and I prefer it that way. So the things that I try to change is that in two ways. One, I will do as many one-man shows as I possibly can. If there's a venue that I think I can fill up in a place, and it's not like, like I said, it's not like England where there's lots of venues. Here, there's only a certain amount of towns that can take stand-up. Mm-hmm. I can't do um, a gig in, like, East London. It's tough to sell. I don't sure. have a, there's not a big enough market. You mean there. East London, South Africa? East London, South Africa, gotcha. yeah. Okay. And it's like, so it's, but I can do one in Job. I can do a week in Joburg, a week in Cape Town, a week in Durban. Three big uh, South African cities, you know? But that's it. And we've got nine provinces, so that's a third of, of our country. And I can do that. But it doesn't, it doesn't go anywhere. But what I try to do is that I'll try to bring as many comedians along with me. Mm-hmm. So I remember when I was doing gigs, I was opening for Riyadh. And Riyadh would be like, go do whatever you want. Go have fun. And it's something that you mentioned in that talk again. You talk about there's no risk when no one knows you. And it was nice. And I mean, there's still a certain amount of people that don't know me, which still means I could still do a lot more risky things. But it's not like that's the only change I can make is by doing my own shows. Yes. Okay. So same question again, Mm -hmm. but less tactically. What I'm trying to get at is what do you think is is the... the biggest flaw in With your myself? personality that you need to overcome. Volatile. Go on. I'm emotional. I am when, if, if you said something to me that upsets me, that involves my industry, I'm not like other, other people that are, keep quiet. I'm 
very vocal. And that upsets people. And so when you upset people, there's a higher chance that you're probably not going to get booked. Do you regard that as a flaw, though? Yeah. Because you're saying that as if you're, like, you're quite proud. You're no, secretly proud. No, I'm not. It is of, no, it is, no, I'm not. I think I would be in a better space if I kept my mouth shut. You're tactless. Yeah. Um, I, would, I, I think I would be in a better place. I'm not saying that. Is I'm, that something you want to change? I think I choose when I will. Uh, I think I'll choose when I go to war with someone these days. I think if I, hear, if I hear something that I honestly to God don't believe, but I hear it from a person that I could not care about, I'll keep my mouth shut. I think that's the easiest thing for me to do. And then the end music would come in and then they'll be the thing. Oh, I don't have the end music with me. Damn it, that's the only thing. I do have this though. Oh, wait, sorry. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Is this your end music? No, I don't. No, my that's end just, music. I didn't even, that's just, uh, what's the name for one of them? There must like, there's, there's, These are harps. No, no, no. But what's the name for when you have a sting that is like a... a I just call it an outro. No, but there's got to be a name for it. Like, you know when a trumpet goes... That's called a glissando. So there must be an equivalent Why are you title. so intelligent, bro? Stop uh, it. You read, not, how much are you reading? No, what it is is I get one little fact and I try and put it in everything. He's very clever. Well, Stuart, it was lovely to speak to you. I'm sorry Thanks to, for having me. I'm what sorry a blast. For, I'm sorry for keeping you for so long. Um, this has exceeded my expectations of the interview and you may not quote that I may not quote that but I'll keep it on the podcast um, <laughs> if you do want to plug yourself to because Africa's 8th base podcast does get listened to by a lot of, a lot of people sure thing um, guys you know I used to do the joke like oh listen to a lot of people I heard 30 people no there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast now plug yourself Africa can find out a bit more about you oh sure thing go to comedianscomedian.com uh, and there you can find out everything about me, my podcast, my uh, excellent corporate work, uh, my resilience wing, whereby I go into your business and leverage the information I've learned from 300 plus comedians uh, in order to uh, make your people feel better at failing. Oh, that doesn't sound very good, does it? No. Um, basically, there's all of that. and uh, Or you can look at me on YouTube and see my Conan clip, which is for once the yes. first piece of stand-up on network television that I've ever been 100% pleased with. No, wait, wait. I can't end a podcast like that. Whoa, hold on. Uh, can I have two minutes? Go on, yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. cool. Getting on to Conan. Yeah. The feeling. Describe yes. it. And then my follow-up question to that is, how does one even prepare... Do you, mean, do you mean getting booked for it? How yes, the getting feeling? booked for it. Yeah, no, tell me the process it of was a long, it. it was a long process. So the guy mm. came to see JP, is the, uh, the booker. He's a lovely yeah. guy, very, uh, has excellent taste in comedy. And <laughs> <Of course>. um, <laughs> occupies one of those positions whereby like, you, you can't get his job. You can't decide mm. to be him. You oh, know, wow. He's just one of those things that over time he, just, he became mm. that guy. And now he's this sort of central, an important position in comedy. It's very mm-hmm. respected. Of all the late night shows in the States that have... Uh, that have this, uh, stand-ups doing sets on them. Yeah. Conan is really, that, that's the kind of mark of quality. But yeah. I've said too much. But um, how did it feel to get offered it? It was, a, it was a fudgy sort of process for me. There wasn't one single moment where it was like, this is definitely happening, you're coming tomorrow. Because it took so long to get the visa. So they made the offer and then I couldn't go for ages till I got the oh, visa. And then it was like, and my agent in the UK was like, well, you've been offered this thing. He'd be happy to oh. talk. To, he'd be happy for you to submit a set. He yeah. saw me. He liked, he, so my agent said he liked you. He'd be happy for you to submit a set for consideration. Um, but we don't think you should bother because it's going to cost so much money for the visa, way more than you'll get paid for the yeah. gig. And it's not really part of our plan at the moment that you move into America. So there was quite a lot of, which all of which made sense yeah. in my respect. Um, so then I then went away and sort of thought, no, I do really want to do this and I don't care how much money it's going to cost. This is a, like a dream. I want to be on Conan. So then I 
had to record a bunch of sets in order to send mm-hmm. the best one for consideration. And I wanted to send the perfect one. So I taped mm. it hundreds of times. Oh, not hundreds, four. But, uh, <laughs> but one of them, one of them yeah. was at the Edinburgh Festival the year he saw me. Mm-hmm. It's three years ago now. And, um, and it degenerated into, like I was doing it, Kitson was comparing, funnily enough. <laughs> and uh, it degenerated into him revealing the fact that I was, it was at a charity gig and he said, Goldsmith's here to rip off the charity gig by using it in order to get seen. And so I came on, I was like, well, I can't fucking do the set now. And everyone started chanting Conan, Conan. Oh. And then they crowd surfed me around the room. And I wanted oh. to send that in, but I didn't. <laughs> but now that I've got a good relationship with JP, I should send in that. So it was fudgy and big and it took ages. So the feeling came when I landed in LA and went to the Burbank studios on the Monday mm. to watch it, knowing that on the Tuesday I was going to be on it. And I would recommend anyone doing any TV stand-up, if there is a chance you can go and see it being taped, mm. see it being taped before you do it, because then you're going back to the scary building rather yeah. than there for the first time. Um, and walking out onto that stage and actually doing it was extraordinary. It's one of those things, as you're doing it, you're thinking, this, I'm always going to have this in my heart. Mm. This is a thing I did, and it felt wonderful. Congratulations. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Uh, the, you guys have been listening to Africa's Edifice podcast. It was a very good podcast today. Uh, like and subscribe. You guys know what to do. I'm in Kenya next week for Often the... Often people ask listeners to review, but you just reviewed your nah, own nah, episode. Nah, nah. <laughs> this is a very nah, good one today. Know, I give it five stars. Nah, nah, they know. They know. Um, also, I think when you guys hear this, there should be other podcast news out but follow my socials. You know where to find me. www.simiarf.me. Whoever bought my .com website, please give it back to me. So did you have it to begin with? I and did. you let it lapse and someone yeah. bought it. It was yeah. a bot. It was yeah. a bot. <laughs> no, no, I don't believe it. <laughs> sabotage. Um, other than that, you guys, uh, thanks to you. How, so how complete would the circle be if it turned out I'd bought the website? Oh, I would lose. <laughs> I would lose my mind. I would lose my mind. Thank you so much, dude. And I'm giving you back the keys to your .com. Good night. Semi Arif joins us in studio. He knows more than you can imagine. Is President Barack Obama a Muslim? Because you know it's going to be a zoo. It was already a zoo. Did anything happen while I was gone? Haven't you noticed the whole place is on fire? Let me tell you why you're here. But they can only speak in question. Are there side effects or just diarrhea? My first guess is. Semi, semi, semi. Not like who's there, this guy. Lesser known somebody's. Somebody.